So when we have that trauma stored in our body and we have that fear and that energy of distrust, it influences how we think about it and therefore how we speak, how we act, the conversations we do or do not engage in. So we have to work with the trauma, which is what I did. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today we have our first episode in the Somatics of series. This episode in particular is the Somatics of Receiving and why it's important that we allow support in. This episode, this Somatics of series is all directly inspired from my journey of deciding to live in a camper and actually going out and purchasing a camper because every aspect of doing this required support. And at the time, I had been spent most of 2021 feeling very isolated, very alone. There was a lot of trauma around that. And I still had a very deep distrust of men from all of my relationship trauma, which came to the forefront with moving home to New Mexico, as well as the process of finding and buying a camper because I needed the help of my brother-in-law and my father. My dad had the truck and my brother-in-law was a mechanic. He had bought a camper, had done research for a camper for he and my sister to use and drives big rigs for a living. So he was equipped to help me find and get the camper home. I also had to ask for and receive support around where the camper is parked. I'm very, very fortunate that there is room on my parents' property and that we are in an area where it's possible to live on a camper on their property. So all of this forced me to really face where I had trauma around asking for and receiving support, around feeling like a burden and a bother, around feeling like there was only so much I could ask for before people would turn on me or use it against me. My trauma and distrust of men in particular was challenged and healed through all of this. And I learned very, very young to take care of myself. I was definitely the strong, independent type who took pride in that until someone that I was friends with several years ago said to me, I don't think it's that you're independent. I think it's that you had to be. And it took a while for that to unravel more and more. But the last couple of years, and especially with the camper, really forced me to face that trauma and that wounding. I did that with the support of my therapist. I did that heavily through process work, the same process work that I do with my clients and through acupressure work, which I also do for myself and with my clients. But it took facing the trauma. No matter how much talk therapy we do, no matter how much processing we do, no matter how much repatterning of our subconscious and our brain and our nervous system we do, at some point we have to face the thing that scares us and do the thing. And the reason that I love process work so much and acupressure work so much is that they do take the edge off. So 
talking about intellectualizing our trauma helps a bit. It helped me to see, oh, wow, I really still don't trust men, even though these men that aren't my partners, but are family that clearly show me that they want to and are happy to help me. I still had distrust because they were men, because men had held things over my head, used things against me, punished me, whatever it was. And understanding that connection and where it came from gave me a tiny bit of leverage. We talk about that a lot in the show. Intellectualizing our trauma gives us a bit of leverage. We understand what's happening and why we can go into something understanding intellectually, this will be hard. I'm going to feel triggered. My triggers will look like this. This is where it comes from. This is why. But it doesn't eliminate the triggers. It doesn't reduce the charge and the intensity of the triggers like process work and acupressure and all of the other modalities that really work with repatterning our nervous system and removing the cell, the trauma from our cells, that gives us tremendous leverage and freedom. Still, even doing that at some point, we have to face the fear. We have to face situations that terrify us, that trigger our trauma. So I, I had to actively ask many times, hey, what do you think of this camper? Hey, could you come look at this camper with me? Um, coordinating with my brother-in-law and my dad a few times about getting the truck before I actually got this camper and got this camper to the property. And that was a whole ordeal. We had to borrow the truck. My brother-in-law had to drive the truck an hour out of his way after work and drive the camper back and park the camper in a really tricky, tight spot on the property. And everyone was involved in it. That was incredibly difficult for me. And so as I worked to heal my trauma, I started focusing on the somatic element, the somatics of receiving. And what I mean by that is somatics is pertaining to the body as separate from the mind. So the animal body, the somatic element of who we are is our body, our physical body, the way that our body stores trauma, the way that it holds itself, reacts to things, all of that. And thinking about trauma when we're triggered, we're tense. So if I am asking for support from a place of trauma, I'm going to be small. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to kind of dance around it, be indirect, set it up to where they can say no when I really need or want a yes. I would fidget. I would get really tight and tense. I would fidget with my hands. I would you know, get just like very uncomfortable. I would be tense and holding my breath almost the whole time. And in this particular setting and situation, I had to spend chunks of time with my brother-in-law. There was one time going to look at the camper that I ended up purchasing that I went and picked him up and we drove for an hour to see the camper. And we spent the time looking at the camper and talking through the camper in an hour back home. And I remember how much intentionality it took, how much conscious awareness it took to hold the somatics of receiving, to not hold the somatics of trauma around receiving, of fear that I'm going to get hurt because of this, of distrust with the wonderful human being that is my brother-in-law who was helping and supporting me quite happily. And finding, researching, bringing home the camper. That was a constant, continuous, conscious check-in with my body and my nervous system and my energetics. 
So if I asked, which I did at first from a place of trauma, again, I had the tension, right? And my frequency was that of fear and terror and expectation of horrible, awful things happening. It came from the belief. I embodied a belief and a way of being that was, this isn't safe. I'm going to get hurt. These are the things that could happen. Even if I wasn't consciously thinking them, my body somatically remembers that trauma and was anticipating it, was asking what needed to be asked from a place of expecting that horrible things would happen, even if consciously I could tell myself, this is okay. He wants to help. Look how happy he is to help. This is my brother-in-law. He's family. He's the type of person that supports family, that loves to show up for family. Like It didn't matter that I could know that intellectually because somatically I still held the trauma and I still, my body moved somatically from that trauma, which made all of it very unnecessarily stressful, which made me anxious to the point that sometimes I would almost have panic attacks, which made it difficult to swallow, to speak, to voice my ask, to have the conversations that I needed to have. And so I started practicing the semantics of receiving. Reception is openness. Receiving is a very feminine energy. So there is softness, there is an opening. Think about receiving. You are, you are bringing something in, you are taking something in, you are receiving it. So in order to receive it, you must open. You must put out your hand. You must open your arms. You must be open energetically. You must be soft. Because when we're not soft and open, we're usually rigid, tense, tight. We're pushing things away. We're leaning away from them which is how I would be regarded. I was guarding myself constantly. Just asking, hey, what do you think of this camper? <laughs> Can I send you a link? Have you researched these before? I would do it from that state. So I started practicing the somatics of receiving, which were softness. I would consciously, as I texted my brother-in-law, soften my body, open my chest, breathe slowly and deeply, And notice what part of me would start to tense up. Was I fidgeting with my fingers? Could I relax them? Was I gripping and hugging and blocking? And could I soften? Could I literally stand open, opening my body? Could I stand up taller? Could I open my chest? Could I breathe more deeply? Could I soften? And could I hold the energy of safety, security, trust? Trust is a frequency. We have a whole episode on the four types of trust. We will link to that in the show notes. Trust is an energetic state. And when we embody that frequency and energetic state of trust, we move differently. Think about when you feel trust that something is going to happen, that things are going to go a certain way, that you're safe with yourself and others. There's softness to you. You're more relaxed. You feel held and cradled simply by the fact that you trust that you're in a safe space. Trust is a frequency. Distrust, fear, trauma. Think about the times that you felt those. The way that you hold yourself and move is different. The way that you vibrate on a cellular level is different. It is resistant. It is suspicious. It is an expectation of 
something bad is going to happen. And in that expectation and that frequency, you then prepare energetically and somatically for bad things happening. You are not open and receptive. You are more tense. You are more resistance. You are resistant. You are oftentimes fighting against. And it makes it very difficult from that frequency of distrust, of fear, of trauma, to even ask for support, to even get the words out. And the way that we hold our body and our energy will then influence our mind and our conscious thinking to say, "Mm, I shouldn't do this. This isn't right. I don't know if that person is actually trustworthy. We start to interpret based on our body's response out of fear and trauma from the past. We start to distrust and hold ourselves differently and pull away from. We can't even ask. There was such a long time for me for years where I could not ask for what I wanted or needed. I couldn't do it. And even if somebody asked me if I wanted or needed the thing that I wanted or needed, offered it up to me, I would hear no come out of my mouth, even though inside I was pleading, yes, please. Yes, I need that. Yes, I want that. Yes, that would be lovely. I would love to soften. I would love to be held in that way. I couldn't say it. I couldn't ask. And I couldn't even respond with a yes because that is how unsafe it felt to receive support. So when we have that trauma stored in our body and we have that fear and that energy of distrust, it influences how we think about it and therefore how we speak, how we act, the conversations we do or do not engage in. So we have to work with the trauma, which is what I did. So you have to work with the trauma that's at the root of not being able to ask for or receive support. What is that trauma? What are the stories that you tell yourself about other people, the world, you? Why do you believe it's unsafe? What happened in your past or what continues to happen today that reinforces that belief that it's not safe? And I had all the evidence in the world that men could not be trusted that receiving support would be used against me, that I would be harmed or punished in some way. I could give you a list, a huge list of all my reasons for that. Not just made up fears. There's a difference between anxiety and complex anxiety. Complex anxiety comes from the fact that we have experienced the things that we are afraid of. It's rooted in real lived experience. So it wasn't just like, ooh, men are scary. Ooh, I've heard men do bad things to people sometimes. It was I experienced the range of bad things that men could do to me, the range of ways that me allowing support in could be used against me, could lead to punishment or harm or expectation or control. There were all these bad things that had happened in my past, so I had to actively heal through those. I had to do process work. I started working with my therapist again. I did a lot of acupressure. I did a lot of moving the emotion through. So when I would be in a position to have to ask my brother-in-law for something, have to communicate with my dad, I would allow myself to cry if that's what wanted to come through. Because even though whatever interaction I had was fine and normal, I triggered my trauma by being in that situation at all of needing or wanting to ask for and receive support, of actually asking, putting myself out there, being vulnerable, being exposed, having risk 
perceived risk of what could happen. So I had to allow the emotions to move through as they came through. I had to talk through it with my therapist while also processing it out of my cells, doing deep processing work, doing acupressure work, and actively putting myself in situations that would trigger me so that I could work with it more, so that in those moments I could practice the somatics of receiving. Now, here's a really, really crucial part of this. We do not practice these things in unsafe spaces and without support. When we're pushing our edges so that we can heal them, and if you have an edge because you have trauma around asking for or receiving support, whatever that trauma is, it's an edge to put yourself in the position. It's an edge for any trauma to put yourself in the position to relive that trauma. It's a form of exposure therapy. Now, we don't just barrel into this if we're not resourced and we don't have support. You can re-traumatize yourself far too easily. So get support. Licensed, experienced, trauma-informed, somatic support. When we put ourselves in these situations, we're pushing an edge, even just by sticking a toe in. So we have to make sure that when we're doing this in an effort to heal and change our state around something, that we're doing it in safe spaces. That means I didn't practice this with toxic, abusive exes, friends, or family members. I practiced this with people that I knew were safe, consciously, intellectually, from experience, knew were safe people. And I practiced it outside of the relationship container that was most traumatic for me. So the partnership that I'm in now, I am able to ask for and receive support far more easily. Do I have room for improvement? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there is so much ease and comfort and peace and safety and trust that I have with my partner and around asking for and receiving support. Because I did this work, because he is a wonderful, incredible, safe, supportive, amazing human, yes, and I did the work to learn how to feel safe enough in myself to ask for and receive support. I did that with my brother-in-law and my stepdad. So I had to ask for and receive support from my actual dad, not as much of a safe space, but I practiced regularly and consistently with my brother-in-law and my stepfather. I knew that they were safe and the dynamic of the relationship was not the tra traumatic dynamic that I had before, partnership, significant other. So I practiced with them because I knew it was safe. And I worked through my triggers and my traumas and my emotions as they came up. And then I practiced the somatics alongside of that, which was to hold myself with openness, security, trust. And to know from that place that no matter what happened, I would be okay. If for some reason they turned into jerks and used it against me or threw it back in my face or tried to control me, I worked on the trauma of that, the intellectual pieces of that, the nervous system aspects of that. I healed all the roots to what made that scary, to what would have made me believe that I had done something wrong and I was deserving of whatever horrible treatment. So I healed from all angles. And the way that I did that was by doing the thing that scared me in a controlled way, 
in safe spaces. We cannot, when we're healing trauma, be in any spaces, relationships, situations that parallel that trauma. It will continue to trigger and re-traumatize us. Now, we can mirror and model the trauma in safe spaces. We can tiptoe our way back into certain situations and environments that are traumatic and scary for us as long as we're processing and doing the work, as long as we're supported and we're not alone in it. As long as we have the tools and the resources and the skill to deal with the triggers that will come up, because if we don't, we can get re-traumatized or we can completely shut down and give up altogether. So there's a lot that goes into this. The somatics of is not simply holding ourselves differently. It's a big part of it. Think about when you feel safe, receptive, and open. How do you hold yourself? Not necessarily how you stand or the words you use, some of that. Energetically, how does it feel to be in your body? And how do you move because of that energy? And you can do this by thinking of times when you have felt safe. I feel safe with women. I feel safe with very specific types of women and friends. And I have evidence over the years of what it's like to ask for and receive support from safe people and to feel safe doing that in my body and what my energy was like. You don't necessarily need a different version of the thing that you're trying to do. You can simply look for what is a time that I felt safe to ask for and receive support. And this can be as simple as when you go to a restaurant and you order food. When you go to a restaurant, a place that is there to provide you food, and you give your order to the waiter or waitress, and you expect that you will receive what you asked for, you probably feel safe. More often than not, if you have some traumatic example, obviously I'm not talking about that. And that's something to work through. It can be going to the grocery store. Anytime that you ask for and receive support, and in a lot of these examples that we might have to pull from, we might have had to pay for that. I have asked for and received support from incredible team members that I pay to provide me that. I have asked for and received support from doctors, dentists, chiropractors, massage therapists, restaurants, grocery stores, therapists all kinds of people that I have paid for that. That's irrelevant. The somatics. How did I feel in those situations? Safe. They weren't going to use anything against me. Nothing was going to be thrown in my face. And if they tried to, I would know that that was not okay and that was not right. I was open. I was receptive. Maybe I was tense if it was therapy because of what I was talking about, but the exchange of asking for and receiving support was safe. My state around it I felt safe. There was nothing scary about asking for or receiving that support. So when we can find that in other examples, we can start to embody that as we work through pushing our edges, as we work through asking for and receiving the support that we want and need. We can hold our bodies differently. And you might feel so silly when you're doing this. I certainly did. How silly did I feel with all the work I've done? With all the support I provide to other people, Having to consciously think about how I held my body and how I was breathing, sending a simple link to my brother-in-law asking him to check it out, asking him to spend a couple minutes to tell me his thoughts, something he repeatedly told me he was happy to do. It feels silly, but it's necessary. I had to retrain how I held myself energetically and somatically around asking for and receiving support and doing that in safe spaces, practicing until it became second nature. I am so good at asking for and receiving support now. 
outside of romantic relationships, and I am pretty darn great at it inside my partnership. I'm getting better. Every day I'm still healing this, but I hold myself differently as I do. I'm able to say to my partner that I feel anxious about asking for this. I feel bad about this. Here's what's going on. I have a safe partner. I have a conscious partner, an incredible partner that I can do that with, that I can Mm -hmm. continue to heal with because there's no chance that I'm going to be re-traumatized in the way that I was. And even if that for some reason happens, I'll be good because I've done that work on a deeper level to heal around it, to heal the wounds, to heal the stories, to learn to carry myself differently, to trust myself, to know that I'm safe. So there's a lot of aspects to this somatics of work. We have to look at our traumas. So I want you to think about a time that you felt safe and supported, where you easily, gracefully, calmly, openly asked for support. Whatever that support was and whatever the energy exchange for that support was. Could have been paid, could have been friend. Could have been when you were a child and your grandparent was still alive and you wanted juice. When you could freely and openly ask for what you wanted and needed and feel okay in that, safe in that, free to do that. And not only was it well received, but you were able to then receive what you wanted and needed with ease, with openness, with gratitude and appreciation, with love for yourself and other people, and with no fear that this will somehow harm you in some way. Find those examples, as silly and random as they may seem, and tap into how did you feel in that moment? What was the energetic frequency behind how you moved, how you asked, how you opened, how you received? And can you start to practice holding that state just whenever, just on your own right now? Call in that memory, hold that state. It's a different frequency. It's a different way that you hold your body somatically. And then ask for support. Ask for help. Ask for something that you want and you need with a safe person. That could be a friend that you practice with. This is something friends and I did around different work several years ago when we were practicing being clear in our requests and promises. We asked each other if we could practice that together. So that it was understood that, hey, I'm going to be asking you more for things that I want and need. And here's why I'm doing it. It's me practicing, holding myself differently, doing the somatics of receiving. I'm going to see what triggers come up so I can process through them. Like, are you somebody that I can do that with? That might look like, I want to go to the movies this weekend. I would love it if you could make the time to come with me. I am not feeling well. Could you pick up some soup for me and drop it off on your way home from work? Little, it could be small things. Could you recommend a book to me that I would really enjoy? Because that puts a bit of labor on the person, right? Like not only are they thinking of the books they like, but they're thinking of one that you might enjoy. You're a factor. You're important. You're asking them to labor for you in some way. And you have to receive that. So find ways to practice this in safe spaces. And especially areas where you need support. I could not have done this camper thing alone. Absolutely impossible. Not absolutely, but I would have had to ask for and receive support from other people. I didn't have a truck. I might have needed to buy a truck. We always engage with other people. 
So practice this where you can with safe people and be grateful for the triggers and traumas that resurface. Notice the fears and the stories that you tell yourself so that you can work through them and continually practice the somatics of receiving. Soften, open, be receptive, be grateful, be excited, trust. These are all frequencies that come into the somatics element and physically hold yourself differently as you ask for and as you receive support and notice where you struggle. You're not broken. You're just blocked. You just need support. If you have any questions or want any more resources on this, please check the show notes below and I will be back with another episode soon. 